This message is called The Treasure of a Teachable Spirit. Now, I brought this message here. Uh, this one's kind of polished up a little bit, but I brought this here about seven years ago. So for some of you who have been here for a while, you may have heard me speak on this before. But the reason I bring this, I, I preached a series of messages in Amarillo in May and June called The Ways of Wisdom. And I preached this message there. It just reminded me how important it is. You need to hear this message at least once. And if you've heard it, it's just a good reminder about the importance of a teachable spirit. Uh, Solomon says in Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. And I know that some of you, you know, you teach your children not to say stupid, but he said it. And uh, wisest man in the history of the world except for Jesus, he said, if you do not like to be corrected, you are stupid. But if you love knowledge, you're wise. He was the wisest man in the history of the world with the exception of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you how he became the wisest man in the world. God came to him, this is in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, God came to Solomon and said, you can ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Carte blanche, anything, ask me for it and I'll give it to you. And so Solomon in response to that said, give me wisdom. I want wisdom. Now just think for just a minute, if the Lord came to you and said to you, you can have anything that you want, I'll give it to you, what is it? Now listen, when, when Solomon asked for wisdom, God came back to him and said this, because you did not ask for the life of your enemies. Uh, you have to admit, if God came to us at the right moment and gave us the opportunity to have everything that we wanted, there'd be some dead people around. <laughs> I've actually got a list prepared just in case he ever asked me. Because you did not ask for riches, because you did not ask for a long life, that's what most of us would ask for. If God came to us and gave us the opportunity to have anything that we wanted, we would ask for money or long life or dead people, something like that. Because you did not ask for those things, I am going to give you riches and long life and honor like no one else has ever had before you, and I'm gonna give you wisdom. See, when you get wisdom, you get everything else. In Proverbs 8 and 9, Solomon tells us when you get wisdom, you get long life, riches, honor, and every blessing that God gives. A teachable spirit is everything. Wisdom is everything. And so whenever we talk about having a teachable spirit, we just need to understand this is such an incredible thing because all of us are born into this life not knowing anything. And the difference between those who succeed and those who fail many times is not aptitude, it's attitude. I just don't think very highly, honestly, of gifted people because everyone's gifted. You know, you look at people who have special talents and abilities, some of the greatest failures on earth are some of the most talented people on earth. And some of the greatest success stories on earth are from people with lesser skills with a better attitude. I don't care how gifted a person is. Really, after many years in ministry and many years of employing a lot of people and helping a lot of people to succeed, Pastor Robert, you know, I helped start Gateway Church and I had been a pastor for many years before I started trying to help Pastor Robert. Let me tell you, I've tried to help many people that wouldn't be helped. But Pastor Robert was a different story. Pastor Robert has a teachable spirit. He has a unique spirit, and I tell people this all the time. When you look at Gateway Church, when you look at the elders and leaders in Gateway Church, you're not just looking at a group of talented people who happen to be blessed or lucky or something like that. You're looking at people who have a teachable spirit. They're, they're successful, honestly, 
because of that. And so to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, the word disciple means learner. Learner. You cannot be a successful disciple of Jesus without having a teachable spirit because it's just an entire lifetime of learning about the things that we don't know. Every person who's spiritually mature has a teachable spirit. And so you make the decision if you're going to have a teachable spirit or not. But let me say this. In Deuteronomy 5.9, God tells us that he visits the iniquities of the fathers. It's really the iniquities of the parents to the children, to the third and fourth generation. Now, we do choose the way that we go. No one chooses it for us, but I'll say this. An iniquity means a bent. It means a tendency toward a negative behavior because of the modeling or mismodeling of our parents. That's literally what it means. And God just says the truth, and that is the most profound influence in our lives is our parents. There's just no doubt about it, good or bad. It's they have the most profound influence. Let me say this. If your parents were proud, unteachable people, you inherited that, you're probably unteachable. And by the way, being teachable or unteachable can be segregated. In other words, a lot of people can be very teachable in sports, very teachable in cooking, very teachable in a certain area, but can be completely unteachable in marriage and money and other areas. And so it could be, in fact, I'm going to say probably in your life, you are very teachable in certain areas, but maybe you're not teachable in other areas. And, and let me say this also, probably the areas that you're not teachable in, you can look back into your family history and they had the same attitudes. And so for us to be successful, we have to have a teachable spirit. We just have to have it. And so let me first of all talk about the five characteristics of an unteachable spirit. And if you're taking notes, these things are good to jot down. And I really want to do this kind of as a self-test. I mean, asking you to rate, do you have a teachable spirit or do you have an unteachable spirit? Somewhere in between. Number one characteristic of an unteachable spirit is chronic failure. I mean, that's how you know that you're unteachable. It's not because you fail, because all of us have failed in life at certain things. But it's chronic failure in money, marriage, parenting, emotions, personal discipline, cert certain things like that. Is chronic failure just simply means we have an unteachable spirit. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Matthew 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be open. In John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit came, listen to me, he will lead you into all truth. Now we have a tendency to patronize the Lord. Uh, in other words, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, we have a tendency to categorize that as in church truth. He will lead me in how to sing better or how to pray better or how to do things like that better. He understands astrophysics. The Holy Spirit is the one who constructed the universe according to the word of God. He understands science, he understands math, he understands architecture, he understands every single concept and truth in the universe and Jesus said he will lead you into all of that. Je Jesus said, if you ask it'll be given to you, if you seek, you'll find, if you knock, the door will be open. The Holy Spirit, in other words, everything we need for success in life is available if we just ask for it. But chronic failure just means the, the truth is around us, the information is there, even God will give it to us. When Karen and I were failing in our marriage and we were on the brink of divorce, I read John 16, 13 that morning in my quiet time when we were about to separate. 
And it says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me to be a husband. He did. What I teach people all over the world, it's just it's what the Lord taught me when I was desperate and asked him to teach me. And he did. Remarkably, he just began to show me how to be the husband that I should be. The second characteristic of an unteachable spirit is an argumentative and defensive nature. People can't talk to you. Proverbs 9 says, do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Interesting, it says if you correct a scoffer, he'll hate you. But if you correct a wise man, he will love you. The way you respond to correction tells you if you have a teachable spirit or not. Are you argumentative? Are you defensive? Now, this is, this is Solomon now. Let me kind of apologize in advance now because I'm going to, I'll say something when I'm finished saying this in just a minute. But Solomon kind of gets on one concerning women. And uh, Proverbs 9, 13, a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. Proverbs 21, 9, better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than a house shared with a contentious woman. Proverbs 21, 19, better to dwell in a wilderness than a house shared with a contentious woman. Proverbs 25, 24, exactly the same. Better to dwell in a wilderness than a house shared with a contentious woman. Proverbs 27, 15, like a continual dripping. <laughs> now, he had a thousand wives. <laughs> the only thing dumber than a thousand wives is a thousand husbands. <laughs> it literally drove him crazy. And we're gonna go to the next point here and because uh, the women are getting a little bit Tense. Now, John Gottman at the University of Washington studied marriage and divorce for many, many years and, uh, and clinically, not from a spiritual point of view, from a secular point of view. And they can predict divorce with a 93% accuracy. By observing your marriage and the traits in your marriage, they can tell you with accuracy whether you will divorce or not based on four criteria. Again, these might be worth writing down. But these are the four predictors of divorce, according to the University of Washington. Number one is criticism. And criticism means a spirit of negativity. You're not praising each other. You're not remembering the positive. You're focusing on the negative. That's what the devil wants you to do. Number two, predictor of divorce is defensiveness. Not allowing your spouse the right to complain. Having an unteachable spirit, being defensive. Number three is contempt. And contempt is just unforgiveness. It's aged anger. It means I'm letting things build up and I'm not forgiving on a daily basis. My heart is becoming hard and bitter. Number four is stonewalling. Stonewalling means don't talk to me about that anymore. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Don't talk to me about the kids. Don't talk to me about this. Don't talk. Stonewalling means I'm shutting the door on that. It's interesting that two of the four predictors of divorce have to do with being unteachable in marriage. So let me, let me say this, how can a husband learn how to be a good husband unless a wife teaches him? Because other husbands can't teach you, they're dumb. <laughs> well, Bob, I think you ought to, well, he doesn't know, he's not a woman. You know, he probably has a bad marriage himself. A woman has to teach you how to be a good husband. How can you be a good wife unless a man teaches you? You're not being a wife for another woman, you're being a wife for a man. How can we be successful unless we listen to each other? And you can't have a good marriage if you're constantly defensive and you're not teachable. It doesn't mean you lay down and play dead and everything they say is right, but it means I want to succeed. And I know to, in order to succeed, I'm going to have to listen to you because you're the one I'm trying to please. 
To be a good, you're not a good husband, listen, you're not a good husband until your wife says you are. <laughs> I'm going to the next point. This is, Pastor David, would somebody back my car up over here and start it? Uh, it's so tense in here. Anyway, well, this issue transfers to every area of life, every area. You'll never have a successful relationship, a friendship with any person, any deep friendship you're going to have to be able to complain to each other. You're going to have to be able to talk to each other in order for that to happen. At work, if you're going to be successful at work, you're just going to have to learn to be teachable and learn to accept correction. Uh, sports, you notice the greatest athletes in the world always have their teachers around them. It's just amazing to me, like golf as an example, watching the, the British Open this week, there's Phil Mickelson, one of the greatest golfers in the world, with Butch Harmon, his teacher, standing right there next to him. It's guys like me need the teachers. Not guys like that, but it's amazing the, the most successful people financially are always surrounded by counselors and advisors. But people who chronically fail won't even read a book about it. They won't attend a seminar about it. it it's interesting. The, the most teachable people. I was, I'm taking flying lessons. I actually finished my solo work this morning. Uh, I've soloed this week for 11 hours by myself. Thank you so much. I flew to Sherman and back by myself. I flew to, to Tyler and Greenville and back by myself. And this morning I flew to Ardmore and Paris, France and back. Uh, <laughs> Paris, Texas and back by myself. So uh, anyway, I've got a teachers I'm taking at this school. And they have, there's several teachers that have been teaching me. They're all in their 20s. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them's a girl and she's a real sweet girl. She's a fine young lady. And so I was flying with her this week, Emily, and they, they correct you all the time. You know, when you're flying, I mean, they're, they're there and they're, they correct you all the time. And so I was with Emily this week and I was flying. And so she said, uh, we were up uh, around Tyler. And so uh, I said, how am I doing? She said, well, you're doing, you're doing fine, but you're not good at keeping your altitude. She's tapping on the altimeter. 20, 25 year old girl, you need to watch your altitude. And I'm over here flying. And it's like, hey, you're a girl and girls don't correct boys. Miss Emily. And B, I'm your elder. I'd probably flown a hundred times while you're still falling off your big wheel in the garage. And C, you're obviously under the law. Altimeter, altimeter, I fly in the spirit. You know. I'm gonna start my own airway, Grace Airlines. We are free to fly. We're not under the FAA, we're under G-O-D. Who wants to fly with me. So, she's tapping on the altimeter. You need to watch her. You need to watch her, you know, altitude here. So, this morning I flew, you know, Ardmore and to Paris and back, and I was flying back into Dallas airspace, and the guy in air traffic control was talking to me, and, well, I thought he said, stay at 2,500 feet or below. So, I remember what Emily said, so I flew in at 2,200 feet. He actually said 2,500 feet or above. And they're, you know, they, uh, they mean what they say. <laughs> they, they, they don't like you to joke with them or kind of do what they say. So the nanosecond I flew into Dallas airspace is he came back and said, you need to get your altitude up 2,500 or above. I remembered Emily's words. <laughs> She's a good teacher and she was right. But isn't that kind of what happens in life? A parent, an authority figure, a spouse, someone is trying to tell us something and we kind of have 
because they're a boy, because they're a girl, because they're younger, because of whatever reason we want to find, we kind of find a reason to dismiss it, and then later in life, we get corrected. We fail because we were unwilling to listen. And so an argumentative and defensive nature, if I'm going to succeed, I've got to learn. And no one, no one comes in with knowledge. We all have to learn at some point. Number three characteristic of an unteachable spirit is isolation and withdrawal in times of difficulty. Proverbs 18, 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. And it's interesting, whenever we go through difficult times, what we should do is go get help. That's what you wise people do is you go get help. Getting help is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of wisdom. But when you're not wise, you hide yourself. You say, I don't want anybody to know my business. The devil works in darkness, God works in light. And all of us are messed up. All of us are a lot more messed up than we would want to admit. And we all need help and we all need each other. And I've been a Christian for 38 years and I still deal with issues and I still have to get help for things. And I will not pretend that I've got it all together because I don't. I'm a lot more together than I used to be, but I still have issues and I need help for them. Number four characteristic of an unteachable spirit is blame transfer. And that's blaming, blaming other people like Adam did when God came and said, Adam, what is this that you've done? She is the problem. Then Eve, what is it that you've done? Well, the devil made me do it. And then when Cain killed Abel, God came to Cain and said, am I my brother's keeper? No one in that family would take responsibility for what they had done. And so many times we blame the government, we blame our parents, we blame somebody. It means you have an unteachable spirit. Number five characteristic of an unteachable spirit is surrounding yourself with people who agree with you and feeling threatened by those of differing opinions. I want people of different persuasions, of different giftings, of, of different talents around me because... When you get all the different people together, you have the mind of God. But when you only have people around you that agree with you, it just means you all have the same gifting, you all have the same culture, you have the, the same inclination, and it means you can make the same mistakes for the rest of your life, but no one will ever tell you because they're all just like you. Here are the five root causes, and I'll go through these real quickly. Five root causes of an unteachable spirit. Well, why are people unteachable? Well, the number one is pride. The number one reason for an unteachable spirit is pride. It's you know, the, the original sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've each gone to our own way. And that's why Jesus died is because of our pride. Proverbs 16, 18, this is a verse I know you've heard before. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. Why does pride go before destruction? And the answer is because you can't tell it anything. It destroys itself because it will not listen. Someone tried to tell it not to do that. Someone tried to tell it that was wrong. But because of pride, it wouldn't listen. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And by the way, that word resist is a very strong word in the Greek language. It literally means to set yourself in battle formation against. When it says that God resists the proud, what it means is God's attitude, God loves us always. That never changes. God's love will never change, but his blessings change based on our attitude and whether we obey or not, because God always loves us. But when we're walking in pride, God's attitude is you have a 0% chance of success. I've set myself in battle formation against you. You will not, I love you, but listen to this. 
The person who loves you is not the person who watches you walk over a cliff and destroy yourself. The person who loves you is the person who sets themselves between you and the cliff and tries to keep you from it. And God loves us more than any other person. When he sees us going in a destructive way, in an arrogant way, he, sets it, he resists us out of love, just like a good parent does, just like any person who loves us does. He resists us, but he gives grace to the humble. Who are the humble? The people who just say, I don't know. I need you. I don't have the answer. I, you know, I just need help. And you humble yourself and you, you seek the Lord and you listen to the Lord. God gives grace to that. Number two reason for an unteachable spirit is rebellion and independence is authority. Much of the instruction that we receive in life comes from authority figures. And people who are rebellious are almost always unteachable. Let me go back to um, flying for just a minute. Uh, Ephesians 5.21, talking about marriage, says submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. That is talking about a married couple. Karen and I never talk about who the boss is because Jesus is the boss. I'm not Karen's boss. I'm, I'm not over Karen. I mean, you know, she might defer to me at some point in time. I'm the head of the home in the sense that I'm the initiator of the, the well-being of the home. But Karen's my equal in every way. So back, I never make a decision without Karen. Any significant decision, if she doesn't agree with it, it's not the Lord. I don't bully her. I don't browbeat her. I don't force her to do anything. Uh, God's big enough to change her if something I'm saying is right. So back in... <laughs> back in December... I felt like the Lord told me to, um, I've flown commercially for many, many years and never thought anything about it. But back in December, I felt like the Lord told me to get my pilot's license. And, um, you know, it was subjective, just like any time you think you hear the Lord, it's subjective. And so I, I went to Karen, I said, Karen, um, and any, everyone in my family, by the way, when I tell them I'm flying, they all have the same reaction, they start laughing. And their second reaction is, you don't think I'm flying with you. And, uh, and I said, well, I understand, but I'll fly by myself. The, uh, so I told Karen, I said, uh, I feel like the Lord told me to get my pilot's license, but I, you know, it's not the Lord if you don't say it's the Lord. And so I just want to submit that. I want you to pray about it. And um, she said, okay. And it shocked her. I mean, when I said that, it just shocked her. And so she came back and she said, uh, well, I'm fine with you getting your pilot's license, but let's just take it one step at a time before you go buy an airplane or anything like that. You know, just, and I said, okay. And she said, but I want you to submit this to your oversight group. Well, I have a, a, beyond being submitted to the elders at our church and the board of marriage today, I have a group of three men that I, personal issues, everything. We talk about everything and I'm submitted to them. And she said, I want you to submit it to your oversight group and I want them to pray about it and I do not want you flying unless they believe it's the Lord. So in addition to submitting it to Karen, I took it to my oversight group and just told them, I believe the Lord, you know, spoken to me to fly, but it's, but I'm not pulling the God card. I'm not you know, saying if you don't let me, he's going to strike you dead. He might, though. No, not really. But <laughs> no, I just said, it's not the Lord if you don't say it is. And, and Karen wants me to submit it to you. And they all came back and said, that's great. You know, we prayed about it. We feel great about it. So let me say, I don't want to be up there unless God's blessed it. And I, I believe the Lord spoke to me. But if God spoke it to me, that means there are other people around me that will confirm that. And so I have the comfort of knowing my wife is in unity with me about this and my authority blesses it. Well, it's important. Number three, root cause of, of being unteachable. And this is a huge one, it's insecurity. We just get insecure. I remember when Karen and I got married, I was so insecure. I acted like a macho idiot. And 
But Karen, I was just so insecure. I didn't want to show vulnerability. I, don't want to, I didn't want to show weakness. You know, a lot of times people who act tough are the most insecure people on earth. And that's the way I was. I was a real macho, you know, bravado kind of a person, but it was just all insecurity. And that's why I acted like I knew everything and I didn't receive instruction. Number four is foolishness. And foolishness just is being foolish. Uh, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. And you can you know, you, with children or teenagers, you tell them, they say, I know that. I know that. And you're saying, you don't know that. You don't know it. I know that. Well, as adults, we do that. We think we know and we don't know. And number five is laziness. Proverbs 26, 16, the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. All lazy people are unteachable. In fact, they think they're smarter than other people. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent should be made rich. Solomon was the richest man in the history of the world. He makes Bill Gates look like a chump. He possessed the gold of the world. Silver was worthless in the days of Solomon because he was so rich. And so this man gave us all of his secrets in the book of Proverbs. Every financial secret that made Solomon rich is in the book of Proverbs. And the number one secret that he gives for being rich or being financially blessed is diligence. The most common thing he says in the book of Proverbs about uh, success financially is being diligent. Let me end by talking about the four characteristics of a teachable spirit. If you have a teachable spirit, I've talked about the negative, let me talk about the positive. Here are the four characteristics very quickly. Number one is humility. If you're teachable, it just means, I don't know. I don't know how to succeed in money. I don't, don't know how to be married. I don't know how to be a good parent. I don't, I don't know these things. And just, just admit that I need teachers. I need instruction. And I'm not gonna be defensive about it. Number two is graciously accepting correction and input. Graciously accepting it. Proverbs 9, 8. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Don't make people lose their dignity when they correct you. Be gracious about it. In fact, thank people. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everything people say. But let people correct you graciously. We had a mayor in Amarillo years ago. He was a man that I'd known for years. He was elected mayor. And the next morning I got a phone call. And he called me and he said, uh, Pastor Jimmy, he said, uh, and he didn't go to my church. He said, Pastor Jimmy, he said, you, I was just elected mayor. I said, yeah, congratulations, that's great. He said, well, let me say to you, if you ever see me do or say anything that dishonors the Lord, call me and rebuke me. And I said, what? And he said, I do not want to dishonor the Lord. I want to do everything right, and I am submitting myself to you, and I'm giving you permission to correct me and confront me if you ever see me do anything that is unbecoming. How many of you think we need more politicians like that? And, uh, I, well, let me say, I never did. He was a wonderful mayor and I never did, but what a great attitude. Number three characteristic is seeking wise counsel and input in times of decision, difficulty, or chronic failure. Seeking counsel, it's not weakness, it's wisdom. And all successful people do it. All successful people do it. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Let me give you two standards, though, for seeking counsel. Number one, don't ever, don't ever receive counsel that's against the word of God. Don't ever, now, it may be from a secular source, 
But a secular source can give you good counsel. But if someone tells you to sin, if someone tells you to violate your ethics or, or, or the law or something like that, don't ever receive that kind of input. You may have a dozen people telling you the same wrong thing. Don't do it. Make sure that what you're doing is in agreement with God's word. Number two, don't seek advice from people who aren't successful. Make sure if you're getting, and I'm saying because men and women in in marriage ministry, you know, a a, a man or a woman will go to work offended at their husband or wife, and there's other people in the office that are offended at their husband or ex-husband or wife or something like that, and they all gather up and start, you know, kind of, Uh, consulting each other and counseling each other and go to happy hour together and divorces happen in groups. Divorce and adultery happens in groups. It's not isolated. It happens because there's a support group that gets you offended at your spouse and convinces you to do the wrong thing. And so if you're not successful in your marriage, you're not going to tell me about marriage. If you're not financially successful, you're not going to tell me about money. And so examine the life. They don't have to be perfect, but examine the life of the person that you're seeking counsel from. Here's number four. And I'll close with this. Submitting to authority and staying accountable is be humble and stay under authority. Is your authority, your boss at work, government authority, uh, church authority, not, not you, know, un, un, you know, unrighteous evil authority and things like that. I'm not saying that. But Government is of God. Romans 13 tells us it's a minister of God to us. And so the IRS, the police department, the, you know, just government, they're from the Lord. And they're here to keep our lives better and to keep society running the way that it should. And, and our pastors and, and our, our, you know, all the bosses at work and things like that, you need to be submitted. And so I'm, I'm saying this to you. You can succeed in every area of life. All the information is available. It's, it's available in the world, but it's available from the Lord. Everything that we need for success is available to us, but really it comes down to attitude. Am I teachable? Am I willing to admit that I don't know? Am I willing to seek advice and seek counsel in the times that I need to know? And and I'm saying you may have come out of a background of chronic failure in a certain area. That may be your past, but that's not your future. Your future is success. And you're going to be a teachable person, even if your parents weren't or even if the circle of people that you're around are not, you're going to be a teachable person and you're going to succeed in life, okay? Let me pray for you. Bow your heads. Lord, I just thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the model that you give us in scripture. We repent for the, for the areas of hardness, the areas of pride, the areas in our lives, God, where we have not been teachable. We just, we just repent for it. We just say we're wrong and we, uh, we ask you to forgive us. But God, right now, we just dedicate our hearts as disciples of Jesus Christ to be teachable, first of all, by you. Any area that you want to talk to us about, any area that you want to correct us about, Lord, we want to receive it from you. But also the people around us, Lord. Let us be a humble, gracious, teachable, wise person for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.